when it comes to menstrual cycle awareness, um, the way that I explain it is as this fifth phase where there is a lot of disappointment. Um, there is a lot of like dissociation or disconnection, like both of us were sharing where we just kind of check out at a certain point. And the feeling of it is for me, like the same day after day without like huge ups and downs. And then sometimes it will be, it will be like punctuated with like, I feel almost very premenstrual or I feel like almost frantic spring energy where I'm like really overwhelmed. It's like, it's a very emotionally charged time, but it also doesn't really fit in with like what we've been told about the four phases. It's very much an additional phase. Welcome to Wildflow, the podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Ponto. I'm a wild feminine cycle coach here for the awakened woman who is ready to reclaim her body, menstrual cycle and feminine power and to live, love and lead in flow with nature's wisdom. In this podcast, I'll share how you can live in sync with your menstrual cycle and life seasons, heal your relationship with your womb and rites of passages, and embody your wild feminine as a multi-passionate woman in life, mothering and business. It's your time to flourish as a cyclical being in this modern world. Are you ready? Let's flow. Welcome to this episode of Wild Flow, where I sit down with the lovely Natalie Doday, who is a certified fertility awareness educator and a cycle coach, which is how I met Nat through Claire Baker's cycle coach training. We both studied together in 2020 and are now both guest mentors on the cycle coach program. Nat teaches people how to chart their menstrual cycles for natural birth control. She's based in Canada and she works online. She has courses, both free and deeper dive courses, and she works with people one-on-one as well to help them to get right into the heart of their own unique cycles and to understand exactly how to work with their bodies for natural contraception instead of feeling like there's no choices out there other than to, to take hormonal birth control. The fertility awareness method is a method of using our natural cycles and the signs within our cycle, particularly ovulation, to work out when we are fertile and not fertile. And it's an extension of cycle awareness, taking it much deeper into the scientific realm and is a really powerful tool for anybody who's interested in working out when you are fertile and infertile in your cycle. And alternatively, just to understand and connect deeply with your cycle, what's happening in your cycle, to look at your cyclic, your menstrual health, and to identify whether you are in fact ovulating or not. I've invited Nat to speak with us about what fertility awareness is, the fertility awareness method, and how she uses it and also about her experience of her menstrual cycles, particularly somebody who has really long and irregular cycles and what that's like um, from her experience, what it's like to 
how she feels across the cycle, how she supports herself across her irregular cycles too. I really, really loved this conversation because it's another example of somebody's own unique cycle experience that that breaks the myth that we all have this archetypal 28-day cycle. And that really generously shares what her own cycle is like and how it feels to her. And I hope that it's really useful for you. If you have irregular or lengthy cycles as well, or just as somebody who feels like their cycle isn't matching you know, the way that it it should be. I hope you can see that it's really common to have cycles that don't line up with the 28-day myth. It's so lovely to have you here on the podcast. Thank you, Nat. How are you today? Mm. How are you feeling? Mm, I'm feeling, well, we were just talking about this time change where I'm 7.30 at night for me. So I'm kind of feeling like calm and like, sleepy and like just like cozy if I'm being fully honest it's like a rainy evening and yeah but I'm feeling really good and it's really good to be here thanks for having me oh thank you it's so it's such a pleasure to chat to you Nat um and yeah I've (laughs) it's raining here it's we've just had a few days of just beautiful spring weather and now it's rainy and cool again and so I'm all cozy and I've got my chunky knits back on and um it's mid-morning here but just feeling like ah oh, just feeling a bit slow and steady oh, can I ask you where are you in your cycle and which um season do you identify with being in today and how's that feeling for you Mm, I'm on day 78 of my cycle and I haven't ovulated yet. So I would technically be in the spring, but I'm feeling very autumnal today. Mm, Yeah. 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 Thank you. Day 78. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. So technically, like biologically, because you haven't ovulated yet, you would be in your inner spring, but Mm -hmm. that's how you're feeling today and riding that autumnal energy um as being true for you present for you and with a lengthier cycle it's not always just one long spring until you ovulate having those waves does that feel right for you oh yeah absolutely Um, yeah it's um yeah day 78 it's like I've had two cycle two and a half cycles worth um, within this one long cycle. And if I, if I pretend or act like I'm in my spring for this whole time, I burn out very quickly, I find. So, (laughs) so yeah, it really teaches me to focus more on how I'm feeling today, as opposed to how I should be feeling in any given phase of the cycle for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really relate to that. My last, I think it was the last cycle, was 85 days. And um, I felt like I had multiple cycles within that. And yeah, I really feel the same that I felt like my body was trying to ovulate every couple of weeks within that. So I would have this like rise, this like sort of spring sort of and never really like a full summer feeling like I didn't never had that real peak in energy where I just felt like I was 
you know, wide awake and, um, and, um, yeah, that high mood as well that I, I noticed when I did finally ovulate that I, I had, I was like, oh, wow, I think this is like, I think this is what ovulation feels like. <laughs> it's been so few and far between. And instead just feeling like my body was trying to ovulate, not quite, and then sort of falling back down again the other side and to what kind of felt like in autumn, but it, you know, it, it wasn't, it just, just didn't quite reach the peak of the wave of, of ovulation. If, if that's how I imagine it, like this wave comes where, you know, trying to, it's like surfing, trying to stand up on the wave is like ovulation. So I'm like trying and like falling over and like crashing again before having to try again and try again and try again. And it's really exhausting. It's really tiring. Yeah, it is. I love that analogy though. It, and when you, yeah, when you do it over and over and over again, it does get very, very tiring. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have that experience where you feel like you're trying to ovulate over and over or is it more gradual? Yeah. So when I'm, because I'm tracking my cycles with fam, um, specifically my cervical mucus right now, because I'm taking a break from temperatures. Um, I'll notice that I have and what I call patches of cervical mucus. So I'll have days of days and days of pretty much unchanging mucus. And then I'll have like a four to five day patch of more fertile mucus. And then if I don't ovulate, it will go back down to day after day, the same. And then I may have this rise again, where I notice cervical mucus again. So, which is a super common pattern for anovulatory cycles versus for cycles where you don't ovulate is your body's kind of gearing up to ovulate. Um, and the emotional roller coaster with that is like, you see the signs of ovulation and you think that maybe this is the time it's going to happen. And you try not to get your hopes up because you've (laughs) been, you've been cheated in the past, but you're seeing the pattern. It's starting to happen. And then you don't have the temperature shift associated with ovulation. And then it kind of goes back down at, at, at like the Valley of the wave, if we're going with that analogy. So it's, very much an up and down and like a very much like trying not to get your hopes up too much if you're seeing some changes because it may be ovulation but it may actually not be and once you hit I find that once I hit like day 20 and I haven't ovulated yet I start to feel a bit discouraged because I know that if it hasn't happened by day 20 it's probably going to be a long cycle so Mm -hmm. I usually at that point will be like, okay, I think this is going to be longer than I, than I bargained for. I don't know if you have that experience too, but I usually know kind of, I have a sense that it hasn't happened by then. It's probably going to be a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And the feelings that that brings up, I can, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So for me, it's like, cause I've, I've just had a few cycles since, um, since because I'm my little one's almost two now but we've been extending well she's breastfeeding so um it really only I think I only had my first bleed that was this year it was probably maybe 
six months ago, maybe not quite. Mm -hmm. So it was quite a while um, that I went without having a cycle at all. And then I've been having such long cycles. I've only had a few of them in this time, probably three or four bleeds, I think, maybe, maybe three. Um, so I'm still sort of getting a sense of what the pattern's going to be like. But, um, yeah, I'm noticing that – I notice that when I get to about day 35, I start to check out. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, God, like how long is this going to go for? And, you know, the last one was 85 days. That was like – I just kind of, you know, I started off I um, charting my cycle, you know, like I like to chart like how I'm feeling each day and, you know, whether I'm bleeding and what kind of cervical mucus, cervical fluid I've, I've seen that day. Um, and for I started using um, a temp drop to capture my BBT, the basal body temperature every day that you know, can help us to see when we've ovulated, which is what you teach and know all about. Um, but I was finding that the, there was just no pattern at all. It was just jumping around so much. And I, there was a time when I thought I'd, I thought I'd ovulated from my cervical fluid pattern, but the temps were just all over the shop. It wasn't showing that temperature shift that you spoke about the one that where your temperature on the chart jumps up. And so I was like, I don't think I ovulated actually. Um, and I just kind of could feel myself checking out and I just went, oh, I don't think I'm going to keep um, charting these temperatures because, you know, with the, with the temp drop, it's great. Like you don't need to sit still in bed for a few minutes and get your temperature thermometer out and try and get, you know, um, your temperature, especially because I'm up every night still with my little one, um, you know, and that can throw out the accuracy. The temp drop's really helpful in that situation. But I was still just finding that I was like, oh, it was just adding this layer of um, kind of pressure I was feeling or almost like an expectation or like, you know, try, like watching for patterns that closely mm -hmm. was just starting to feel a little bit like, demoralizing I think and so I kind of I stopped doing that and I, I still check in with myself and I still chart um you know like my four bodies but I find like the longer the cycle goes on the less likely I am to, to, to do any charting at all and I'm just like I'm done with this <laughs> this is this is a write-off um <laughs> and so instead I would just kind of visually look for like my cervical fluid and kind of go with that a bit more but um then I, then I kind of, it's quite interesting because the last cycle, so I'm today, I'm on day 11 um, and I bled for seven days. And in the few days before, I was like, I think I'm in my premenstrual phase. I think I'm in my, I think I must have ovulated. And like, but the, the ovulation signs to me were really clear this time. It was like, I felt, like I said, I felt this real like queen kind of like ah, energy and I felt amazing. Um, and I had so much fertile cervical fluid, that thin, wet fluid. And it was just like, like so much of it that I've never, or not recently anyway, experienced that much at, at that time. So I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is 
like definitely will have ovulated this time. Let's just see. And then I could feel myself shifting into this premenstrual phase. And then my bleed came and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I did it. <laughs> it was like how it felt. Um, but yeah, like I had, I had like no pain, no cramps, no, no, none of the signs that I used to have, like the discomfort associated with my period. So in that sense, I couldn't tell I was coming. Like my mood was, I could tell I'd shifted, but I wasn't, I didn't have like crazy moods like I used to. And my skin didn't break out at that time, which it used to as well. So, you know, I can, I know that the more closely I chart my cycle, the more empowered I am to know like where I am and what's happening, like for sure. But at the same time, like it's a real challenge when I'm having these really long cycles. It just feels... It, it sort of heightens this sense of like disconnection from my body in some ways. Do you have that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely relate to what you're saying. I also, my chart will be a lot more blank in at the, like the end. I mean, like right now, for example, like if you look at my chart, there's these big gaps. Um, <laughs> and I definitely start checking out or disconnecting. Um, and like, especially when, with the way the cycle works when we're just kind of waiting to catch ovulation and like, there's not a whole lot happening, but we're just waiting for that change to happen. I think that taking a break from temperatures is something that, that I also find really helps and that I tell people to do if they're feeling like really over it. Um, Because I think there's this thing about being, so in tune with the cycle and like doing this being in this field and like being so aware of it that almost sometimes makes it worse like there's like this expectation like you said um and it's like everything that I do is is revolved around fertility and cycles um so when it's not following how I want it to or how how I think it should um it's almost even more obvious or like it's almost even more present um and I was in a I was in a call um one of our cycle coach calls sharing about how um I feel when I'm not in the regular cycle I feel like I don't belong to my cycle and sometimes I feel like I don't belong to menstruality because it feels like I don't belong to a phase. Um, and it feels like very similar day after day, like almost how I would imagine menopause to be. So I don't, I don't identify with a phase and I've, I've expressed that as like the fifth phase of the cycle, um, the extended spring, um, because, so many people were really um, surprised that as a fertility awareness educator, I have long cycles. And every time I share about it, people are like, thank you so much for sharing. Like, you know, I'm experiencing this too. Like I'm in this really long cycle. And when it comes to menstrual cycle awareness, um, the way that I explain it is as this fifth phase where there is a lot of disappointment Um, There is a lot of like dissociation or disconnection, like both of us were sharing where we just kind of check out at a certain point. Um, And the feeling of it is for me, like I, I feel very much 
like the same day after day, um, without like huge ups and downs. And then sometimes it will be, they'll, it will be like punctuated with like, I feel almost very premenstrual or I feel like almost very heightened, um, frantic spring energy where I'm like really overwhelmed. And so it's like, it's a very emotionally charged time, but it also doesn't really fit in with like what we've been told about the four phases. It's very much an additional phase. Um, so yeah, I think there's like, it's like a blessing and a curse to be so intimately connected with the cycle when, when you're in a long cycle, because (laughs) you just are so you're so aware of it and like you're it's just hard to not focus on it and so you just have to work so hard at surrendering um surrendering and not becoming really obsessive over it that's that's what my work has been because I've always always had long cycles like I I'm not in postpartum but for the whole time that I've been charting with fertility awareness for over five years I've had more irregular cycles than regular cycles. Um, It's becoming to me like just my norm almost and accepting that that is my norm um, Mm. because otherwise it becomes very like, well, what's wrong? And like, I need to fix it and like all of this stuff. And so you're balancing, you're balancing both. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. There's a few things in there. So one, I really, really, really love that you are sharing your truthful experience and not trying to hide parts that don't fit in with the expectation or the norm or the, I'm a fertility awareness instructor, so I've got to have this textbook cycle myself. And, you know, it's the cycle. I I completely agree with you. Like what we learn about the menstrual cycle is that it, you know, is this four week thing and it's got these four distinct phases and this is how you're meant to feel in this phase and this phase and this phase. And this is the perfect way to work with your cycle. And actually so few of us, I think, fit into that box um, of, you know, the archetypal archetypal cycle and uh, you know, the contrast as well, like the, that, that sort of funny tension of, loving what menstrual cycle awareness and fertility awareness brings for us, but then also the challenge that it brings, like you say, I'm just really hearing that from you about, you know, how, how we can illuminate the ways that it's not predictable and the sitting with that, um, sitting with that feeling of, of it not kind of, being what you expected it to be or um of it just yeah not being predictable like it's that thing that we you know can't control mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so and I love the idea so much of of a second sorry uh, um an extended spring the fifth phase being the extended spring so yeah like tell us how do, it, do you have like you know tools or practices or you know, even just like, what do you do to support yourself to be really okay during longer cycles? Is it something that you do physically? Like, how do you support your, your these emotions, you know, that you're speaking of 
mentally, spiritually? Um, how do you support yourself through that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's about definitely. not um not you know, dropping the 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 temp temperature charting yeah. and um you know sort of letting that that go. But I was just wondering if there's anything beyond that that you have found really helps you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like the expectation and the mindset piece is really big, like cultivating surrender. And I feel like a year ago I was in the same place um, and I just felt like I was fighting so much with my cycle. And I just felt like I was like, just, there was just like a lot of like the opposite of surrender. And I feel like where I am now, there's there's disappointment, but there's also just a lot more surrender and like allowing things to be how they are. And then on the flip side of that, there also is for a lot of people who have irregular cycles, like a root cause of, of why it might be going on um, and a need to address that too. So it's this balance of surrender, but, and also taking action and healing um, and working towards healing. Um, So for me also remembering that like healing isn't linear, that like all the things that I do to support my cycle, even if I'm not always seeing a direct reflection, sometimes I am, sometimes it doesn't make any sense <laughs> why <laughs> what I'm experiencing is happening. Um, but remembering that everything that I do is beneficial to my entire being. Um, and so taking a break is another thing that I do, talking about it, like being really open about it on Instagram has been really therapeutic too. Um, just remembering that other people are also experiencing the same thing. And there is this myth of the 28 day cycle that I think really fucks us up a little bit because I, even though I mentally know and like can understand that that's not the case, I think it's just so ingrained in us that the cycle has to be this perfect 28 day cycle. Um, and more often than not, like with the folks that I work with, I very rarely see a regular cycle. And for the most part, people do experience irregular cycles or things that are not identically the same, um, from cycle to cycle. So remembering that and like reaching out, um, I have so much professional support too, as a helper, I, I prioritize my mental health and my physical health. So, um, I found that acupuncture has been very, very helpful. Um, other types of energy work and therapy and massage. I really prioritize, um, my own health and, and that's been super helpful too. Um, what else? Like sometimes, um, when I feel myself tipping over into like the wellness obsession side of having long cycles, um, I really try to focus on the basics and remind myself that like those basics are more important than anything else. So like sleeping, drinking water, like making time to cook and eat nourishing foods is something that's really important to me. Um, so yeah, just focusing on those basics and then, yeah, I think that's all that I can think of. And then just there's like the mindset is, I think the biggest thing for me, um, is, is really cultivating surrender. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's, 
That sounds like an amazing toolkit of practices and people and tools that you can you can really lean on. And I can see how a lot of that would help you, you know, physically and you know, with with the mindset stuff as well. And I just wanted to ask you, just at this point, could you just share some of the reasons why people might have irregular cycles? Mm-hmm. So you've, you've talked about like for me at the minute it's postpartum breastfeeding um there's all you know there's there's a few different reasons aren't there what would you tell us a bit about that mm-hmm. there's yeah there's so many different reasons and it will be different for every person so like you said postpartum is probably the the biggest one um coming off hormonal birth control is another big one so often people will come off and they'll see irregularity in their cycles for a little while until things kind of start to regulate again. Uh, PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, is another huge cause of irregularity or it's a symptom of PCOS is having irregular cycles. Um, and a lot of people as they enter perimenopause will also experience a shift. Sometimes it's a shortening of the cycle. Um, sometimes it's more erratic lengths of cycles. Uh, and then the other big one is stress. Stress is like the number one I've seen during the pandemic. So many people who've experienced textbook cycles, um, come to me and they're like, what is happening with my cycle Nat? Like, I've never seen this happen before. Um, I think we really can't underestimate the impact of stress on our cycles and anything that our body perceives as stress will, will impact our bodies. And some of us are more sensitive to it than others. So I'm one of those people that anytime anything happens in my life, that's remotely, uh, stressful. I'll see that right away happen in my cycles. And for others, their cycles don't show the stress as much, but our bodies will put ovulation on the bottom of the priority list when anything else is happening that's threatening, or we perceive it as a threat because biologically ovulation takes a lot of energy. So that will often happen. We'll just see a delay in ovulation or a lot of people will see changes in their regular cycles or what they, what they normally experience. So those will probably be the main ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Just made me think, um, I started bleeding, uh, yeah, about 10, 11 days ago, it was 11 days ago. And we went into lockdown that day. So I'm interested to see how this cycle is going to play out, whether I will have, you know, another delayed ovulation with the stress of having people at home and the unknown and all the rest of it. Um, You know, and I think back to, you know, stress for me, I can absolutely see how that's been another factor in in this story for me. And, um, you know, it's something that we, we are, facing in increasing amounts of in our life and lifestyle. So, you know, it's not surprising that so many of us have irregular cycles. Yeah. So thank you. Matt, I just want to kind of skip back, like circle back really. Um, So I want to ask you, so you and I have met through Cycle Coach with, with Claire Baker. We trained together. I did that last year. 
And now we're both mentoring, um, guest mentoring on the program. So we've got to hang out, um, which has been really, really amazing. And I really love what you share. I'm going to have a sip of tea. <clears throat> I really love what you share in your work <clears throat> as a fertility awareness um, instructor. And it's been incredibly empowering for me to learn, you know, from you um, more about my body and about how we can use our natural cycles, our menstrual cycles for natural contraception, particularly as well, rather than relying on hormonal contraceptives and, you know, drugs and medicines to do that for us. And so, you know, for me personally, my last baby was very unexpected, very unplanned. Um, and then also, you know, I've been on the pill for a lot of my life. And when I came off it, you know, I had a whole array of unpleasant symptoms and um, it just was, felt horrible to me. And I realized having come off it, what the pill was doing to me, you know, to my physical body, but to my mental health as well, um, you know, in lots of different ways. And so I've made a decision that I don't want to take any hormonal contraceptives again. And so realizing that there is a natural way that we can work with our cycles for, you know, a natural contraception to me is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> amazing. But, you know, you go to the GP and you talk about, you know, contraceptive options, and this is absolutely not something that they mention. There's a whole array of medicines and drugs and things to implant that you know, are on offer and it's about picking the best one of those for you. So when I say to them, I don't want to take anything hormonal, um, there's just no options. There's, there's, there's nothing that has been offered to me that would work. Um, you know, as I, I have heavier bleeds as well, it's, it's, there's been nothing that's really been suitable. So I've been really, really enjoying, you know, watching what you post on Instagram and hearing you talk about it. And, um, you know, your website's full of amazing information as well. Um, so I've been really drawn to learning more about this. And I haven't um, jumped in like headfirst with, with this and learned properly from you as an instructor. But, you know, I think it's, um, I, th I just think it's incredible. And I think kind of we all need to know more about it. And I really want to ask you about the fertility awareness method. Um you know, could you explain to us like what it's about and and how you know, also how you came to it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I came to it similarly to you. I was feeling like none of the options available really felt okay with me or jived with me or checked all the boxes for me. I was somebody who wasn't on any type of medication unless I really, really needed it. And that's just kind of how I grew up and my mentality around it. And so I just didn't feel comfortable taking medication uh, when I wasn't sick. So, so I'd never been on hormonal birth control before. And I was doing all this research. I was like, had all these books out from the library, um, just kind of learning about the birth control pill and learning about the different options available. And there were only just a handful, I wish I could remember the book that I was reading, but there was just a handful of options that were non-hormonal. There was the diaphragm, condoms, um, copper IUD, and then there was a really small section on the fertility awareness method. 
So I hadn't really fully made up my mind. I went to my doctor and, and I was like, I want to try to get my hands on a diaphragm. Cause that was kind of what seemed like the best option out of all of those. And she was kind of like, well, they're really hard to get here. Um, like, have you heard of the fertility awareness method? And I still didn't know a lot about it, but I was, I was open to learning more and kind of seeing what it was about. So I took a class before I had died, like before I really knew what it was, I was just kind of like, okay, I'll go see what's up and, and learn more about it. And I took this class and I was just like blown away. Like I, I, I had no idea that I ovulated. <laughs> like, I don't know how I didn't know that I ovulated, but I, I didn't, didn't I didn't know that I ovulated. I don't know how I knew like conception happened, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that you could track ovulation. I didn't know any of this. And I was just like, so blown away. I, I was really blown away. I went online and like learned as much as I possibly could listen to uh, the Fertility Friday podcast is kind of like the main thing that was available. Um, and then realized that there was a community of people who did use fertility awareness. It just wasn't where I was. Like, it just wasn't in Winnipeg. There wasn't people doing this around me. Um, so having the online like exposure to it was really helpful. Like I was able to see that like there were apps that you could track and and there were different types of methods. Like it wasn't just the, the religious um, natural family planning method. And so from there, I just kind of started charting my cycle and learning more about it. And I decided that I really one day wanted to learn to teach fertility awareness to people in Winnipeg, like locally um, and, and kind of like just was self-teaching myself and just like learning as much as I could self-teaching about fertility awareness. Um, but I had also worked with an instructor and then I decided to do my training, um, to become a fertility awareness educator. And I was, as I was doing that training, I also learned more about my own cycles too, and became a better charter as I was taking the training. Um, and yeah, it's just really evolved from there. Like I never thought that, and I never thought that this would be my career, that this would be the way that I make a living. And I'm so grateful that it is because I really am so passionate about it. Mm. Um, because I really do think that a lot of people don't know that this is an option and, and I, whether people want to use fertility awareness for birth control or not, I think we should all have access to this information, like this really basic information about our health. Um, and I think that if we had access to this information, we'd feel a lot more empowered about our decisions around contraception, because there's this narrative that we have to be on hormonal birth control to be responsible. And I just don't accept that, that narrative. Um, so fertility awareness is just really basic. There's no interventions. You're not changing anything about your physiology or your hormones, you're really just observing what's already happening and just like menstrual cycle awareness and with fertility awareness, you're basically tracking ovulation. So you're becoming aware of when conception is possible and when it's not possible because you can only get pregnant in a very short window each cycle. And that's around ovulation. 
So when you're tracking ovulation, you can make those decisions based on whether you want to get pregnant or not. And there are times in the cycle where you can have unprotected sex and you won't get pregnant because there's no egg to fertilize. And then in the times where you're fertile, you can choose to use condoms or perfect withdrawal or diaphragms um, or alternative sex. And then you avoid pregnancy that way. And so it's super simple and yet it's really foreign and new to a lot of people because we're just not taught this information about our bodies. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Really. You really hit nerve there when you said about being responsible, you have to be on hormonal birth control. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, the comments I got when I had a surprise pregnancy about, um, you know, don't we know how, how it works yeah. and all the rest. And it's like, you know, aren't you on the pill? And it's like, well, um, yeah, you know, these things happen. I hear, yeah. you know, like there's a really massive percentage of um, pregnancies or unplanned pregnancies. And for me, you know, I was, I was aware of my cycle. I was aware of, of ovulation, but I was, postpartum breastfeeding then and so having these irregular cycles it I didn't expect to be ovulating when I did so if I'd have been really closely tracking in the fertility awareness method way of tracking which is different to just cycle awareness tracking which is more about how you're feeling and what you're you know kind of observing in yourself and whether you're bleeding for example fertility awareness method charting is is more in depth isn't it and it looks at these really reliable biological markers these 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 things that we can really look for that can help us pinpoint accurately so yeah that's why that's why I'm really interested in, in learning about it um for myself but you know I think it's like so empowering that you know we can bust that myth of 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 it of, of being it's irresponsible you know if you're not taking any um any hormonal birth control or you don't make your husband go and have a surgery <laughs> which you know i get all the time as well but um yeah like what are what are some myths that other myths that that fertility awareness has, has helped you bust or that you love to bust for the women that you work with yeah, I think um, one of them you kind of just spoke to that like cycle tracking is not the same as fertility awareness. Mm -hmm. And, and I practice both menstrual cycle awareness and fertility awareness together. But cycle tracking on its own is not the same as fertility awareness. With fertility awareness, we're paying attention to very specific biomarkers. And we're actually following like set of guidelines or rules. And so you can observe your fertility biomarkers, but unless you're applying those rules of a method, you're not really practicing fertility awareness. And so um, it really, yeah, like if you're really wanting to avoid pregnancy and wanting to rely on fertility awareness, like you're wanting to have unprotected sex, um, following a method of fertility awareness is super important because another myth 
around fertility awareness is that it's ineffective, um, which is not true. It's as effective as the methods of hormonal birth control, but fertility awareness is as effective as you make it because you're in full control. Like nothing is avoiding the pregnancy for you. You are doing it. It's not hard to do, but it does require a level of involvement from yourself and your partner. And so if you're really strictly avoiding pregnancy, you'll really follow the rules. And if you're kind of like in between, um, you might approach it a bit differently, but it's really as effective as you make it. Mm. And a lot of people think it's the rhythm method. Like a lot of people say like, Oh, isn't that the rhythm method? And it's not the same as the rhythm method. So the rhythm method basically assumes that we all have 28 day cycles. We all ovulate on day 14. So you can just circle that day on the calendar and say, that's the day you ovulate. But in reality, as we were talking about, not everybody has that experience. So the rhythm method, unless you have perfect 20 day cycles and you ovulate on day 14, you may have 28 day cycles and not ovulate on day 14. But the only way that you'd know that is by tracking your cycle and tracking ovulation. Um, So the rhythm method is basically like a guess and the fertility awareness method is a really accurate representation each day of your fertility. And that's different for everybody. And the other, the last one is um, that fertility awareness is always Catholic. Mm. So uh, some people will know about fertility awareness because in a lot of um, Catholic circles, this is what people practice because it's a way of avoiding pregnancy that aligns with uh, that belief. Mm-hmm. And there are methods of fertility awareness that are what we call natural family planning, which are under the Catholic church and follow specific belief systems. And then there are secular methods of fertility awareness. So when I first learned fertility awareness, I learned from Catholic natural family planning and I'm, I'm not Catholic. I didn't grow up Catholic. Uh, but I thought that was the only way that it was done. And then I went home and did a little more research and realized that, yes, there are circles that do natural family planning, but there's also um, educators that are secular and teach a secular form of fertility awareness. So those are probably the biggest ones. Are there any more that you know of that you've heard? Mm, well, I just really interested in what you said there because I'm not religious and I haven't grown up in particularly religious communities. Um, but I can see how it would be so powerful for somebody who is, um, to use that in a way that's really aligned with the values, but also love that you said that it's also secular and, you know, it's, it's accessible to, should be accessible to anyone and everyone. And um, I guess one thing that I've learned <laughs> from experience is that like what you were saying is that, you know, it's a particular method and you have to follow the rules. You can't half ass it. You've got to do it. If you're doing it, you're doing it properly. Right. And um, you know, or you, you can't just rely on it entirely. Um yeah, I think, and you know, and I loved what you said as well about the rhythm method. I've heard of that, but didn't really know what it was. And again, that just showing the absolute importance of 
knowing your own unique cycle rather than just relying on what the textbooks say, you know, ovulating on day 14 and day bleeding on day 28. And, you know, all the women who I work with, I can't think of, I can't think of many, I can't think of really anyone who's, who's got that cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some me too. Close. <laughs> I know one but, person, you know, not, it just, yeah. <laughs> not, it's just not a thing. So, you know, that's like, for me, like that's one of the biggest things that I um, love to kind of shine a light on, you know, and the power of getting to know your own cycle, you know, from, from like, you know, both an emotional kind of, you know, what's it feel like to you and how can you work with the opportunities of the cycle on like a cycle awareness way. But also, you know, from this, this point, like, you know, really understanding, you know, how you're, whether you're ovulating, you know, and, and ovulating, I know is important for your long-term health as well. So, you know, like knowing that you do ovulate, you know, it's, it goes beyond just fertility and contraception as well, doesn't it? It's really important to, um, you know, to help your body to ovulate where it can, but, you know, so, so doing what you can to support yourself, you know, in the ways that you were talking about before, you know, physically and emotionally, and, you know, you talked about surrender and, and, um, all the other things that you do, acupuncture and eating well, you know, it goes, it goes beyond, like, this is applicable for people who are not just trying to conceive or not just trying to practice contraception, like having that awareness of what your body's doing is really empowering as well. What do you think to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think if I wasn't using fertility awareness, I would still want to know where I was in my cycle relative to ovulation. Like I, I crave that knowledge. Like now that I know it, it's, it's so like, it's just part of me. And I think it would be impossible (laughs) to not pay attention to it. So it, yeah, I think it really is. Yeah, I think just like menstrual cycle awareness connects us to our sense of self in the world and our sense of self as we're connected to nature and our cyclical rhythms. I think fertility awareness is the same. Like it really does connect us to our fertility, to like our life force, our femininity, and gives us this sense of of like who we are and our, our place in the world and like within our cycle, within our body, and then just echoing outwards. And for me, knowing like on a very practical sense as someone who has irregular cycles, like knowing that it's not my period that's late, it's ovulation that's delayed is just so (laughs) empowering. Like I, I would be wondering whether I was pregnant or like what was happening, but really knowing that I'm just waiting for ovulation, it almost brings me like this sense of peace because I don't feel in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like you, you just are able to like turn the light on instead of just stumbling around in the dark because you know where you are in terms of ovulation. Um, 
And with fertility awareness, there are like, like we we're just saying, like there's so many ovulation signs, but with fertility awareness, you're really, you're really specific with how you're tracking ovulation because you can have, like we were talking about, you can have super fertile mucus and not actually ovulate. And so that's why with fertility awareness, it's very specific in the guidelines and the rules they've been like tested and proven over time um, to actually show that you're actually ovulating. Um, It's not just like a feeling of ovulation, even though that's super valid. um, It's like you're actually, you're actually showing that you are. So I think like pairing the, the like mental spiritual side of cycle charting with like the very scientific and accurate side of cycle charting is what I love so much about fertility awareness. Like it really allows you to, to do that and to connect with your health, because like you said, ovulation is so important for our overall health and our well being, and whether we want to get pregnant or not ovulation is super important. So when we're able to be aware of like, and track all of these things and know, kind of have a finger on how our cycle health is doing, that can be so, so empowering because when we go to the doctor's office, we're often not taken seriously or, you know, our concerns are, are often met with a prescription for hormonal birth control, unfortunately. So when we can have more information Um, we actually have more power, like the power is in our hands to make decisions and to advocate for ourselves, which is why I also love cycle charting and fertility awareness just for health purposes too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. So if somebody wanted to get started with fertility awareness, how could they find out more information from you? Because you've got like I say, an amazing website and you've got, you've also got a free course, haven't you, on your, through your website. And then you offer one-on-one support with people too. Is that, how would somebody get started? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So FAM Fundamentals is this free little 30 minute video course where I basically explain what fertility awareness is, who it's for, how to find resources on methods. Like if you're really wanting to actually like get into charting, where would you go? And then cycle love is where I teach people to use fertility awareness as birth control. So you can self-teach fertility awareness. Like you can learn fertility awareness for free. You can um, find resources, like I mentioned in fam fundamentals uh, and teach yourself. Um, some people will start teaching themselves and they'll be successful in that. And other people will teach themselves and realize that they would like someone else to look at their charts for them and kind of confirm that they're doing everything correctly, especially if they're really strictly avoiding pregnancy. So that's where working with a fertility awareness educator can be really helpful. Um, so that's what I teach in cycle love and on my website, like you said, there's a ton of blog posts um, on, if you're wanting to like talk to your partner about fertility awareness, it's really helpful to have like an explanation of what it exactly is. So I have a lot of blog posts, just kind of explaining what fertility awareness is and how to kind of get started with it. So uh, that's on my website, fertilityawarenessproject.ca. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I really love that point about, you know, it's not just you, (laughs) 
you've got to get your partner on board and um yeah and how empowering it is for them but needing them to understand so that you can do this together that's really powerful yeah thank you so much well nat i've absolutely loved chatting with you i just um you know it's it's been so helpful to dive into like how it's different to menstrual cycle awareness and all the ways that it you know empowers us and how we can work with it for you know natural contraception as a choice rather than feeling like we we just there's only one choice and that's an array of um you know hormonal birth control perhaps or or condoms that don't work for everybody um but I also really really loved talking to you about you know, irregular cycles and, and what that's like. So I think it's just so nice to be able to have, you know, like you said about talking about it, it feels really nice to be able to talk about that with you and see it from your perspective and see how there are similarities, you know, within what I feel and experience and, and you know, as well as to hear it from you. So just to wrap up, I'd love to ask you just a couple of, just a couple of questions about, you know, what, um, what's your favorite season or phase of your cycle if you had to pick one is there a phase that you find particularly with an irregular cycle like how how do you um is there a time when you feel like most at home in yourself within that yeah for sure my autumn like even though it doesn't come around <laughs> super often I do feel most at home in my inner autumn and I feel um, especially I think I feel a sense of relief once I've ovulated, there's this like celebration and relief, um, that I know my bleed will be coming. So I think, yeah, I think that would be my, my favorite time of the cycle. Yeah. I can, I can absolutely see that and see why it's like that celebration of like it happened. And then the relief sliding inwards. Yeah. I really love the contrast. There's so many women who, hate that premenstrual phase and then so many who really love it it's like it's real like seems to be like this either or that I'm noticing mm-hmm. um absolutely how about how about your least favorite what's the most challenging part for you and you know I could probably take a guess but I'd love to hear it from, <laughs> from you well I think I think it's actually my early spring I mean like this time of the cycle where I'm in right now. And for the past, like you're catching me at a time, you're talking to me at a time where I've been struggling with it a lot because it's just getting to that point where I'm over it. But actually my early spring, as estrogen's rising after, after menstruation, I tend to feel really frazzled and overwhelmed. Like it's almost like I come, when I come home from a trip and you have like this list of 50 million things that have piled up and you like feel like you have to do it all at once. That's the feeling that I have um, when I come out of menstruation is like, not that everything's been put off, but there's this like heightened um, like frazzledness or anxiety or overwhelm um, that I've recently become aware of um, that's been challenging for me. Yeah. Well, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say, um, you know, like this extended spring of like, you know, sort of not, not ovulating, but yeah, I really hear you on, on what you, what you did share. And do you know how many, how many women are telling me the same thing? It's really interesting. Like so many people are feeling that same, like the more we carve out space and slowness at menstruation, 
it's then that feeling of like being sucked back into the world and like, oh, you're back. Like, here's all the things that you haven't been doing. And, you know, dancing with that um, tension. Just on that, just quickly, what do you do it? What do you do to support yourself through that? Like not Mm. feel like pulled into overwhelm and all the things you've got to do. Like, is there anything that you've been learning or noticing that feels support supportive for you at that time? Or is it still something that you're just exploring? When I feel like I have to do everything right now, I know that that's a call to actually leave and like, go do something else because I know that I've reached that point where my mind is just going that I actually have to remove myself from the situation. Um, so even though everything in me wants to like tackle all the things and like kind of, you know, get it all finished right now, um, it's, it's actually doing the opposite. That's been really helpful. And then like making, making lists and, and just kind of organizing myself, but, but also just stepping away and being like, this can wait. Mm, yeah, really simple, but really, really powerful. Thank you so much. Thank you for that, Nat. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast mm-hmm. today. I've really loved talking to you and spending um, more time with you. I feel really lucky that we get to hang out, you know, at the minute on, um, yes. on the podcast and on, on the cycle coach training too. And um, so if people want to hop on over and connect with you more, you've got, like you said, your website is fertilityawarenessproject.ca and I'll pop this in the show notes and you're also um you know you have beautiful content on your Instagram as well and that's at fertility awareness project isn't it yes yes and you also have your own podcast do you have your own podcast yeah we're taking that we're we're doing seasons on our podcast Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're planning on doing seasons Charlotte but we found that that was a good way of like making it sustainable so we're on like a rest right now but we have eight episodes that just came out and it's called body literacy babes so we talk a lot about fam on there body literacy babes I love that yeah I haven't listened I'm gonna go have a listen but yeah you know that is so powerful itself like taking a break working in seasons you know love that it applies (laughs) to all areas of life absolutely yeah (laughs) I'm absolutely going to do that. You know, that's so much, so much power in that. But thank you so much, Nat. And um, yeah, I wish you well. Thank you. Thanks so much. Mm, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening in. If you're loving this podcast and you'd love to help me spread the wisdom shared, please leave a review or rating or share this with somebody who you think would love to listen in. I'm really passionate about creating ripples of change and getting this information to more women, girls and people with a cycle so that they can reclaim their cyclic natures too. And if you'd love to dive in deeper with learning more about how to connect with your cycle and rites of passages, come and join our free Wildflow Circle community or choose a course and learn with me on my online learning hub. All the links are in the show notes. And until next time, be well and go with the flow of your cyclic nature.